Hello, men. Welcome back to the Gritty Men podcast, where we are here to equip, inspire, and encourage God's men to live God's way for God's glory. Hey, thank you guys for taking some time to spend with me today. We are going to discuss one of the very significant and essential elements we need to add to our walk with Christ, and that is the element called self-control. Um, in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 6, we read these words, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement, that is to add, to your faith, virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness. Peter here makes the, um, the, the statement that the faith that we have of Christ Jesus is a result of God's work in our life. It, it, it absolutely is. But our faith is the most important thing that we have as Christian men. But we have a responsibility to add to our faith these five elements that Peter mentions. And knowledge was a very important one. Virtue, obviously. And then self-control was the third one. And I'd like to spend today's time together with you men talking about the essential need for self-control. Now, for those of you guys that enjoy um, hunting in the backcountry like I do, um, you know over years of hunting and seasons, you learn certain essential items that you must have in your pack and those items that are really fluff and they're just extra. In fact, when it comes to carrying your pack, all the added fluff um, needs to go because you learn that the essential items um, are necessary for your survival for the period of time that you'll be in the backcountry. All the other stuff just makes your trip more difficult, especially in packing if you're carrying your pack everywhere you go, or maybe you pack in and set up for a week or so, whatever the, the hunting uh, situation might require of you. And so over time, you learn to go through your pack, and there'll be things that you never even used. You thought you might need them early on, but you don't use them. And so those items get culled. But you also notice that there are items that are 100% that you have in your pack because it could be the difference between life and death. And so that's what we're looking at today. Peter is speaking about adding, if you will, to our faith these very essential items. And I want to zero in and focus on the um, essential item called self-control. In Proverbs chapter 28, or excuse me, Proverbs 25 verse 28, we read these words. A man with self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Now, for those of you that know anything about biblical times, the essential nature of the walls that surrounded the city um, and the inhabitants of the city were necessary to protect them from uh, enemy attack, and it kept the right things in, and it, it prevented the wrong things from getting in. So the walls were very, very essential, and... Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs, tells us that a man without self-control, he is like, if you will, a picture of a city without walls that is broken into. In fact, what a dangerous, um, a dangerous analogy this is for us as men. And you and I both know um, that lack of self-control is a detriment to any person out there that's listening. Um, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21, 
we know that when we come to faith in Christ, that we have been given the Spirit of God. And so now we begin to walk and live in a new way. We don't walk according to our flesh in the manner that we used to once walk because we are to crucify the flesh, because we know that the flesh, the pride of life, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, those things are all used by Satan to draw us in and to ensnare us into sin. And we know that the flesh leads to death and it's in opposition to what? The Spirit of God. So as a man, we learn to begin to walk by the Spirit of God and to listen to the Spirit of God and then allow God's Spirit to lead and direct our life. And so this is what Paul says in Galatians, the fruits of the Spirit or what happens to men who are led and walk according to the Spirit. Paul says, I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. And here's the reason. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Holy Spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Now Paul's going to give us a, a lineup here of the fruit of what it is to walk in the flesh. In fact, these were all elements of the fruit of every man out there at one time came to know Jesus Christ, and they are also still part of the flesh and the desires of these things. That's why we as Christian men don't walk according to the flesh. We actually beat the flesh back. We crucify it. We make it obedient, like Paul says, that after he has preached to others, he himself would not be disqualified. And so Paul's going to tell us now here, these are some of the fruits or the byproduct of what it is to walk in the flesh. He says, but led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, here is the works of the flesh, Paul says. They are evident, very obvious, and here they are. He gives us a list. This isn't a full list, but this is a pretty good start. Sexual immorality. That was the first one Paul mentions. In fact, when you follow Paul's writings, you'll see this in, the, in Corinthians, uh, here in Galatians. You'll see it in Ephesians. Paul uses this over and over and over and over and over again. In Colossians, he talks about, number one, he he, he every single time this is the word pornea uh, that we get the word porn from this word sexual immorality here he begins with that number two impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries dissensions divisions envy drunkenness orgies and things like these Paul now says I warn you as I warned you before those who do such things will not inherit of God. Now that is a starking statement uh, coming from the Apostle Paul. He's not mixing words here. He says, if this is the way in which you live as a man, Paul says you are not going to inherit the kingdom of God because Paul's making reference to the fact if you are a Christian man, truly born again and empowered and indwelt by the Spirit of God, although you may sin, you will not have a lifestyle of living in sin because you will hate sin. Because of that, the Holy Spirit will be grieved in you when you do sin. And Paul says, if this is the way in which men live, they've never been truly saved. And they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's a pretty incredible statement that Paul mentions here. You might want to underline that in your Bible. In fact, you can also go to Corinthians and we could do the same. But I wanted for you to see this because this is how the world uh, pictures men um, living, especially within Hollywood 
adulthood and music and the sports world. I mean, this is pretty much a description of what it looks like to be a man uh, according to our culture, which our culture absolutely hates men. It hates men. Uh, why? Because men are dangerous. Godly men are dangerous men, especially to the kingdom of darkness. Because we what? We take back ground that has been taken by the enemy. We are a threat. And to be honest with you, in our own country, in America, men, godly men, you are a threat to the agenda of this nation. Um, that's why there's such a war on true manhood, especially biblical manhood. There's a war against it and a twisting of it. And so you must know this. And so Paul makes it very, very clear that the men who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says that emphatically. And so um, as we think about self-control, Paul points out the, the need uh, for men to live self-control. In other words, they're supposed to add the element of self-control to their faith. There's a work that we must do, not for salvation, because we are what? We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We are not saved by works, period, guys. We're saved by faith in Christ. But we are saved unto works um, that God has prepared in advance for us to do, according to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And so we, we realize we're not saved by works, but... A regenerated individual is going to add now to their faith these important elements. And this self-control is very, very, very critical um, in the life or lives of us as God's men. And so I want to just encourage you to live uh, as godly men in this day. That's what this whole podcast is about. Um, this whole podca podcast is here for the sole purpose of equipping, and, equipping, encouraging, and inspiring God's men, God's men to live God's for whose? For God's glory. That's what we're here for. And I hope that you'll, you'll gain some encouragement uh, through these podcasts. Um, sexual immorality, guys, is one of uh, the predators. I call it a predator, predator that is tracking you um, in your life. It is a predator because Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he's come to do. And sexual immorality, this, this word pornea, uh, this is an enemy uh, of all men. It's a great, great the reality is um, sexual immorality will be one of the most dangerous predators that you will face as a man. That's just a reality. Um, the predator here that we call or I call sexual immorality has taken the lives of more men than any other uh, out there. That's the truth. Um, we are, in, in, in essence, uh, to kill this predator uh, the moment that we spot this beast present in our life. And we need to get rid of those. We need to kill those things. And Paul gives us a list of all the things that we need to look out for. Um, and he adds it to this sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, or witchcraft, which is really prevalent in our society today. Um, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, and drunkenness, and orgies, and things like these. So it's important for us to get this. Paul says, now, I warn you, as I've warned you before about these things, that men in this way and do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is a very, very important line that I want you guys to hear and to think about. I'm going to say this, and maybe, you know, I'm a little bit uh, cynical. I probably am a little bit cynical, guys, and I know some of you are as well. But uh, in, in pastoral ministry for all these years and all the things that I've seen and witnessed, um, I've seen some incredible things, some wonderful things, but I've also seen, on the other hand, uh, the opposite, um, especially in relation to people who profess 
Christ and followers of Christ. Um, absolutely unbelievable the things that I've witnessed and seen by those who claim to be a, fo a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, their life couldn't be any more further uh, from that reality in many cases uh, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, just being a professor of Jesus Christ does not make you a true possessor of the salvation that is found in Christ. Because once you encounter Christ and you have been regenerated, or new, although you will not have every fruit of the Spirit present immediately in your life, you now have the power to what? To live and walk differently, and we're to walk according to the Spirit, because we know the flesh gratify, gratifies uh, those things that are in opposition to God, and they're going to lead to death. But the Spirit is going to lead us in righteousness, holiness, and a life that will glorify God ultimately. And so Paul gives the warning sign, and I'm giving you this warning sign, guys, uh, the sexual immorality deal, it is a big thing. In fact, America is the number one producer of pornea or pornography in the world. Not only is America the number one producer of porn, America is also the number one consumer of porn in this world. And this is a big, big, big deal. Um, if you're struggling with this, you need to kill it, man. You need to get it out of your life. Uh, you need to to, to get rid of it, period, because it is, it is literally, it is really, it is killing you. It is, it is affecting your life in multiple ways, not only just your marriage, your relationship with God, your relationship with others, what it's doing to your mind. Um, it's wrecking your life, and so you need to confess that sin before God, and you need to re resist Satan, and he will flee. You need to get everything of that out of your life, and begin to walk in self-control, self-control. I'm going to encourage you to do that today because I know that many of you men, some that are watching me even, might be struggling with this area of sexual immorality in your life. Now remember, it always begins with thoughts, and it begins as we learned a few weeks ago, you know, that it'd be, there's conception that happens. And once conception happens, we know that ultimately there's going to be a birth that's going to come from conception because life is given at conception and life grows, it develops, and then birth comes at a appointed time. When, when, when birth is given, unfortunately, to sin, it is death. And so this always gives birth to death. It'll never give birth to life. So I just want to encourage you men, if you're struggling with this, and this could be a very real struggle in your life, those of you that are watching or listening to me now, you might say, hey man, I know exactly the reality of this. This is a truth in my own life, and I don't want to do this anymore. Well, I want to just ask that you would pray, re re repent of this sin, and ask God to help you. Now you operate in your own strength as well in self-control. You ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, but there's some things you must do. You must operate in self-control. Um, and so I want to encourage you to develop this essential item in your life, man. you got to have this. Paul gives a stark warning here. Now, I want to just share just a, a small thing about warnings. Um, the Word of God is, 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 is an incredible book of love and redemption of mankind. It is God's sovereign plan, God's purpose, everything that He has sought out to do, Everything he has desired and willed to do will be accomplished. Isaiah 46, it's a reality. It's an incredible book of God's love toward us. But it's a book that offers fences and protection and warning and encouragement and, and truth, all of these things. It's important for us as men to know the word of God.
And this warning that Paul is giving us is very, very important. For example, for those of you that also love to hunt, and I realize, guys, not every one of you listening to this is um, someone who loves to be in the outdoors or hunt necessarily because that's not exactly what makes us a godly man. But if that is something you like to do that I love to do as well, then you'll understand what I'm getting at here. But if you've ever hunted up in any of the, the, the northern uh, states where grizzly bears are present, for example, um, whether hunt in Montana or even possibly Wyoming and then in Idaho, certain parts of Idaho, there is the potential of grizzly bears in those areas. And so if you've ever hunted in the back country, you know that when you come to the trailhead of a certain area of wilderness that you're planning on going back into, there's posted signs there. And those signs are there for your warning and for your protection and just information overall for you to read and consume uh, before you actually begin your journey into this area. And so any area that there is the potential uh, of, of you running into a grizzly bear, a possibility of them, or maybe they're possibly are grizzly bears currently living in that area of the wilderness, um, there's these posted signs of warning. And they give a description of what a grizzly bear looks like versus what a black bear looks like. Because obviously there's going to be black bears pretty much in any of the, the mountain states. Um, there's going to be black bears present. difference uh, in the way a grizzly bear or a black bear looks uh, in relation to one another. And also, um, not that black bears can't be dangerous, but to be honest with you, um, a, a grizzly bear um, is just a little bit different um, in, in, in the way that it hunts and um, its power and its strength. And so the grizzly bear um, country that you might go into, there's going to be warning signs there. It's going to tell you what you need to do, like with, with your example. Um, you might get by with having your food in your tent in black bear country, although it could be a nuisance because black bears smell very, very well. They love to eat as well. They're all about eating. And, and so especially certain times of the year more than others, they are putting on more weight like before hyperphagia and all of these things. And so um, it can be a nuisance. They could break into your tent and cause some damage. Um, but in grizzly country, you don't keep your food at camp. I mean, you're going to have an area camp that you take your food put it in a dry bag and you're going to hang that up in a way that bears can't get to that it's the same with, with with game that you shoot game and you bring it back to camp you have to be very very careful in grizzly country and so there's ways in which you hunt and prepare yourself for that type of of hunting in grizzly country so these warning signs are very important now if you don't heed the warning signs you could have a potential problem on your hands and paul is giving uh us signs here um, and these warning signs are very very important he's saying hey guys flashing light here flashing light you're entering into grizzly country here you might want to think a little differently about how you go about hunting in this area um, you don't want to sneak up quietly on a sow with cubs it could be a misfortunate uh, misfortunate event in your life and so you know there's there's just things that you have to think about um, I think about a man that you guys probably Probably member and uh, his life ended in great tragedy and I shared this in gritty camp I think it was in week four so those of you guys that are part of our first gritty camp um, we're actually in week five I think this week and so anyway there's a story that I shared in some of the in one of the studies uh, I think it was in week four in relation to um, self-control and in this whole topic but there was a, a man um, that they called uh, grizzly man his name was actually Timothy 
Uh, well, um, he was a grizzly bear enthusiast, and uh, for many, many, many uh, summers and springs and summers and even into fall, he would spend time um, in Alaska, um, months on end camping in grizzly bear country. In fact, he wanted to be very, very close to the grizzly bears. In fact, you can go on and you can look at pictures of him standing virtually close enough to nearly touch one. And, um, you know, um, he'd been warned over and over and over again the dangers of what he was doing. Um, he'd become very, very comfortable with these grizzly bears. In fact, um, you know, his entire response was that grizzly bears were just simply misunderstood and uh, he even considered himself to even be uh, one of them. In other words, he could talk their language and, you know, he understood them and they understood him. And so there's this, you know, there's this relationship that he had with these bears. The reality is, though, God, grizzly bear is a grizzly bear, um, is a grizzly bear, is a grizzly bear. And that's the truth. And so although maybe when the salmon are running and grizzly bears are completely, uh, swamped with food and resources uh, where they're constantly full in their belly and, and overwhelmed with a plethora of options. Uh, you might get by with some things, but when grizzly bears get hungry, um, a grizzly going to do what a grizzly bear is going to do. And it's not that he's got anything against you. He's just about eating and uh, taking care of himself. And so Timothy was warned over and over and over again. In fact, this particular year that tragedy struck him and his girlfriend's life, it was late into the, to the summer and early fall where we got hyperphagia, um, which is basically a time where bears are, are, are knowing we've got now hibernations coming, so let's begin to pour as much fat as we can. And it's really kind of a dangerous time to actually uh, be out where grizzly bears are because they're, they're trying to consume as much food as they can to put weight on for the winter. And uh, anyway, he was told to get out, and anyway, long story short, he and his girlfriend were there camping, and there was one particular bear that he really, really loved and considered it a great friend, and on October 5th, 2003, the very bear that he thought was such a great uh, was the very bear that mauled and ate both he and his girlfriend. Um, unfortunately, there is a recording that is still available, and you can listen to it online, um, of a recording as he was videoing uh, before all of this took place or while it did. And it goes on for several minutes, and you hear the agonizing screams and moans of both Timothy and his girlfriend, Amy Huguenot, um, as this bear um, not only killed them but began to feast on them. And so, guys, the reality is these warning signs are there for a reason. And if you push the limit too far, you're going to get bit. It's just going to happen. And so heed the warning signs of Scripture. Use self-control. Paul says, add it to your life because you're going to need self-control. So Paul says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom. So if you listen to those words, these are a warning. They're there because they're important, and they're there to keep us um, in check, which is very, very important. Um, the enemy, though, wants you to disregard the warnings, okay? That's the way this works. He wants you to disregard the warning. Um, 
Some of you men out there might be saying, well, who are you to tell me that I shouldn't be watching porn or being involved in sexual immorality? I can handle this, man. I've got this. Well, let me just say to you, you don't have anything. Uh, you're in great danger. Um, in fact, you're, you're being gnawed on right now. Um, and the recording is going. And the reality is if you don't heed this warning, there is not maybe if and or but. It's a truth. It's going to happen. Uh, death will follow this, man. It's a reality. So you need to run from this with everything that you have. And men out there, men of God, use self-discipline in, in these areas. You have to have self-control and self-discipline in these areas of your life. Here's, here's the reason, guys. I want to make this important statement here out of Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Remember how Satan spoke to Eve and Adam, because Adam was present, by the way. He wasn't like somewhere else in the... And you'll remember from our earlier studies that Adam was supposed to what? He was supposed to work the garden. He was supposed to till the garden. And the word till the garden is actually the word defend. He was to walk the boundary of it. He was to keep things out that weren't supposed to be in there. And it's interesting that while everything was still good and perfect in God's creation, there was one lurking in the garden, and it was Satan himself. And Adam was to defend the garden against intrusion of anyone or anything that was be in the garden. But Adam did not do that. And because of that, he's standing next to his wife. And here the serpent is in the garden. Satan and the serpent that he had entered into. And that now he's speaking through this serpent. Adam had authority and dominion over this. And Adam should have exercised his rightful place of authority and dominion over all creation, including this serpent. But Adam didn't. The serpent says, and you're going to hear this, guys, and I'm telling you, this is a reality. You're going to hear this throughout your life because Satan still uses the same tactics today that he has always used. Why? Because they're effective and because they work against man. And so listen to Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had he said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Did you notice that? Did God really say that you're not allowed to eat of any tree? Number one, that's already a question, but it's a lie in a question. Because why? God says, You may eat from every tree of the garden except the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge good and evil. And look what Satan says. Did God actually, did he say this? You know, I hear guys say this all the time. Well, there's nothing wrong with looking, man. I mean, come on, don't all guys look? Yeah, it's the question. Where does the look go to, man? See, there's danger and we justify all this stuff. And it's, it's kind of the same thing here. Here's a justification being made. Did God really say that? I mean, come on. I mean, surely he didn't say that. Well, God didn't say that. God did say that. He didn't say they couldn't eat from any tree. God says you can eat from every tree in the garden but one. This is how Satan works. And the woman said to the serpent, here's Adam. He's there. He's silent. He's not saying a thing, man. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. See, she knew that. But God said, 
You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Why would God give this warning and command to Adam and to Eve? Because he loved them. And because he knew if they did do that, they would die. They would die. The same is true about these elements like sexual immorality, things of that nature. You may be single listening to me. Man, maintain your purity. It is one of the most important things you will do for your future bride. Maintain it. Maintain your purity. Walk in purity. As Ephesians 5 says, these shouldn't even be something that's even spoken about about us. We should be walking in purity. Be men that are walking in purity before God sexually. Walk in purity. And you're going to be praying for your future bride that God would help her to walk in purity, to strengthen her, to encourage her, to protect her, all of those things, because you want that for your wife as well. And so here we have the serpent now responding to the woman. You're going to hear these same lies over and over and over and over again. See, he just didn't leave it there. The woman tells Satan, the serpent, is what God said that we are to and are not to do. She said it right out there. Now, that he didn't leave at that point. Now, listen to what he does next. Oh, hold on here, guys. You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. See, Satan's saying, well, hold on, Eve. The reality is here. Notice, notice Adam. He's still just, he's silent, man. He's present, but he's absent, man. He, he, he didn't take his rightful place of leadership and headship here. He didn't do that. And because of that, we're going to see the reality of what takes place. But here we have the enemy saying, hold on, you're not going to die. Guys, you're going to hear this, especially in relation to sexual immorality and a lot of these other sins. This is what you're going to hear. Oh, listen, it won't happen to you. You can, you can watch that on Twitter or your phone. You got this, man. It's, it's not a big deal. You're never going to be ensnared by this. I mean, it's just curiosity. I mean, what's the curiosity kills the cat, though, right? No, 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 no. Listen, this, this isn't going to happen to you. Come on, it's no big deal. That's what he tells Eve here. Hold on, you're not going to die, Eve. Nothing bad's going to come from this. Not at all. In fact, let me tell you the real reality here, Satan says, about God. See, see God, God doesn't want you to know this because he's holding out on you, man. He's holding out on you. He put these boundaries here because, see, God knows that if you do eat that, you're going to be like him. Oh, God's holding that on you because he doesn't want you to be like him. <laughs> in other words, in other words but, but if you do, you're going to be like God. And you're going to know the difference between good and evil. What a twister of truth. That's a reality. Guys, you're going to hear this throughout your life. The enemy and the demonic hordes that serve him, this is their tactical um, way in which they will try to get you off your center. You must practice self-control. 
because they don't want you to practice self-control. They want you to give in and indulge in those things that they know will ultimately bring death and destruction to your life. Now, let me say this too. I've counseled, I don't even know the number of people I've counseled for marriage counseling or those that have wrecked and shipwrecked their faith and shipwrecked their marriages. Guys, I have seen this over and over and over and over and over again. It is a reality. Do not mess around with this in your at all. Don't play with it. It's worse than any grizzly bear that could ever grab a hold of your skull and crunch down. It will maul you. It will devour you. It will rob you of life, your marriage, your children, and your future life that you could have had. It will do all that. Why? For some little, small tidbit of self-lustful gratification. And it will bring death to your life. I promise you, if we would open this up and you guys could post, there are many guys that could say, hey, I, I'll testify to that reality. I'm living with that reality because of this or X, Y, and Z. Or maybe their wife is the one that did that. And they can say, yeah, I testify to the reality of this fact. That's the way the enemy works. Wow, you're not going to die? Nah. No, grizzly man Timothy Treadwell. You got this, man. Grizzly bear, he'd never eat you. No, but he did. Don't heed the warnings. You can expect the bad things to happen to those that don't. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, all of a sudden now that one tree that she wasn't paying any attention to because God says don't touch, now she notices, hey, it's got fruit on it and it looks pretty stinking good. Wow, that's some good looking fruit. I mean, it's not that it don't have all the other fruit and the trees in the garden to eat, but man, all of a sudden, that tree, that fruit looks good. I kind of want some of that fruit. Looks wonderful. And not only that, but it was a delight to the eyes. Remember, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those are the three elements that Satan uses, what? To draw us in, and it all what? It all it all brings desire to the flesh. It's what he does. And she saw, oh, it was a delight to the eyes. And that the tree was to be desired. Isn't this interesting? Not that it was off limits. Not that she hadn't even really looked at the fruit before or even, and even examined whether it was even delightful or even something she was going to partake in. But all of a sudden, it's all she can see. I mean, man, look at the fruit on that tree. Wow, beautiful. That is desirous. And not only that, the tree itself would make one wise. But it's the opposite of what God said. God said, if you take of that fruit, you'll die. Here it is. What did she do? Well, baby, let's get some of that fruit. So she took of its fruit and she ate. Notice, though, the next line as well. And she also gave some to her hubby. Adam was there with her. He didn't say a word. He didn't stop her. 
He didn't take his place of dominion and authority over every creeping thing and creature that God had made. He had authority over Satan, over the serpent that Satan had entered into. He had authority over that beast. He did. He wasn't what? He wasn't working and he wasn't tilling his garden. He didn't do it. What did he allow? Boom. The death that God promised. Adam allowed. And because of that, all who have ever been born in Adam have been born in sin with that nature, the nature of fallen Adam. That's a reality. You don't see the high cost of that? See, here's the thing. Most of the time when the enemy comes and tempts us, he never shows you the cost at all. He just shows you the trinket. And it's always going to be shiny and it's always going to look good, and it's always going to feel good, and it's always going to be desirous, and he'll never show you the cost of partaking of those things that God says don't do. Why? Because he has come to kill, to steal, to destroy. That's what he has come to do. So God told Adam and Eve that if they did eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in that day that they ate that fruit, that they would die. Satan says, no, that's not going to happen. You're not going to die. You're going to hear this over and over throughout your lifetime as temptation comes. The reality is what God said would happen, happened. When Timothy was warned over and over that he needed to leave, that what he was doing was dangerous and could even cost him his life, he did not heed the warning signs, and therefore he paid a fool's price. The same is truthful about this, and I'm not trying to be respectful to this man, but the reality is he was warned over and over and over again. And guys, the Scripture has been given to you by God and it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness so that the man of God may be fully equipped for every good work. And so this is all here for a reason, guys. Self-control must be used over and over and over and over again in your life. Now, we've been here, I guess, almost 40 minutes, and I could go on, but I think I'm going to wrap up today's podcast. I, I just want you to think about this just for a little bit as we wrap this up and we begin to close. Are there any areas in your life, guys, that you see there is a lack of self-control? And it doesn't just have to be sexual immorality. It can be other things as well. Um, just take a few moments here as we close out this podcast and Ask the Lord if he would reveal to you any area in your life that, that you need to repent of. And I want to encourage you to develop, to add to your faith this essential item that you will use over and over and over and over and over again. It's not going to be one of those items in a pack that you leave there and you pack it around and it just becomes cumbersome and heavy that you never need or you never use. No, this is going to be one of those that's in the front pouch pocket that is unzipped and it's used on a daily 
basis. I want to encourage you in that. Guys, the Bible verse that I would like for you guys to memorize for this week is found in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. I just wanted to leave you with that to remind you of this truth and this reality. And uh, memorize that verse. You're going to need it from time to time. And when those things come and you need to operate in self-control, I pray that God will quicken your minds and you'll remember this verse. And you don't want to be like a man uh, who is described as a city that is broken into and left without walls. But you want to be more like a man in Psalms chapter 1 who is who is plant streams of living water whose roots grow down deep and whose leaves bear fruit in every season of his life. That's the kind of men we want to be. Well, guys, this is going to wrap up the podcast today. Thank you so much for taking time to spend a few minutes with me today. I hope that this will be an encouragement to you. And these are tools and important things that you can add to your life that will help you as you live out your life being God's men living way for the glory of God in this day. God bless you guys. Stay gritty. We'll see you next time. Have an awesome day. Oh,